outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Hey there, everybody. How the fuck are we doing today? It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. Uh, unfortunately, as we mentioned before, we do not have Teabag on the show with us this episode. But as always, we have Ryan Scott. Aloha, everybody. Back in full effect, episode 60, about to drop some knowledge on you guys about Antarctica. Yes, Antarctica. What's up with that place? I did not realize all the uh, controversy and conspiracies surrounding this continent until we started researching this. Well, now I think you did. So we got the gruesome <laughs> twosome uh, back in full effect, life without teabag. Now this episode topic, uh, listener, this comes by way of listener request. Uh, we can finally start getting to some of these. I figure what the hell. Um, we've had the queue filled for a while until now, so we'll start knocking out some of these listener requests. And also, October, right around the corner, going to get uh, more, a little spooky. Yeah, yeah, more horror generated. Now, also, if you've got a conspiracy you'd like to hear us get into, by all means, send it over. Uh, but this one comes by way of Instagram. Shout out to Life of Spogey. <laughs> Spogey? Life of S. Bogey. How would you say the name? Life of S. Bogey. Life of S. Bogey? Boogie. Life of S. Bogey. So shout out that listener. And honestly, major shout out because there is a ton of fascinating stuff in this episode. And I had a hell of a time researching this one uh, while drinking uh, vodka cranberries. That's like my new thing. Is that what you're drinking right now? Yeah. Oh, you're turning into a teenage girl. (laughs) That's great. So uh, Ryan's a 19-year-old, guys. So we'll get into some theories in this one. And I, I got to say, we got to be pretty open-minded, as always, particularly with this one. But also, some of the actual proven facts are just as fucking crazy as these theories, you know? That is true. Um, so Antarctica, you know, um, we know that Santa Claus himself is already claiming the North Pole. Yeah, he's north side. Yep, so that's pretty much spoken for at this point. But Antarctica is really a no-man's land, you know? Um, Also, Santa. I I stumbled upon some Santa-like research while I was doing research for this. Maybe we hold off on that for a couple months. Well, did you know that he comes from, like, a mushroom? People say he's like he um, was. He comes from a mushroom. <laughs> yeah, the sh- He was a shaman like in, from eating mushrooms, and then you see him. Or? He was a swabby shaman, and these guys would go around to the tents, and the doors were snowed in, so they would go in through the chimneys, and they would trip balls on Amanita muscaria mushrooms, the ones like Mario Toad, like the uh, classic <laughs> okay. mushrooms, and they would he they would piss, and their piss was psychedelic. People would drink their piss, and pi- and the reindeers would drink the piss, and they would trip balls too. That's where we get the flying reindeer. Jesus Christ. Crazy, man. Look into Santa. So someone was tripping on mushrooms, came up with the idea for Santa. Well, not the idea. He was a mushroom tripper, and he would bring back gifts from his trips. <laughs> That he stole from jars being of inside piss. of people's houses. Jars of piss. He was no. tripping on mushrooms, broke into <laughs> no, someone's no. house through the chimney, he stole gifts, in. and brought them no, back. No, he didn't break in. That's the only way he could get in because of the snowfall. Okay. And then he would give them gifts because they would say, oh, shaman's coming today, going on a little trip. He's getting us a gift. Okay. Um, Interesting. And then they would drink his piss. Now... Go ahead and drink that piss. So look that up, Santa Claus. <laughs> Leave uh, a cup of piss out for him this year, maybe. 
Yeah, Santa Claus, the original R. <laughs> Kelly. Now, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, we covered this a bit, this topic, Operation High Jump specifically on our Foo Fighters episode. But honestly, as I did the research for that, I was already in the back of my mind thinking this could be an entire episode in its own right. And Rob, I know you're a, a classic pyramid guy. So classic. You, yeah, I mean, you've been interested in uh, the pyramids they have down there. Am I right in this? I did think it was an interesting theory until I started researching it. And it's what? We'll get to that? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. All right. Um, So Antarctica, uh, this is the highest, driest, coldest, windiest, and brightest of the seven continents. Uh, Most of it is essentially a polar desert, which that's actually a badass band name, right? (laughs) Polar desert? I mean, that's like a, what do you call it? A palindrome? I don't Um, think that's the right name. What's the... Synonym. I mean, <laughs> you're an English major, bro. <laughs> yeah. What uh, oxymoron? Oxymoron. Okay. Yeah. Uh, polar desert. Um, and this I did not know. Uh, it, Antarctica itself is about the size of the United States and Mexico. I did not know that. Uh, or two Australias. Um, now, combined around. Can we just say North America? Or are we not including Canada in that? Uh, yeah, no Canada or Nova Scotia in that. Mm. Now, um, Isn't that part of Canada? Around 98% of the continent is covered by a layer of ice that averages a little over a mile in thickness and can get up to three miles thick in places. Now, it is Earth's only continent without a native human population, and there are currently 68 international bases on Antarctica, is one of the most restricted locations in the world. Why? Because it's covered in fucking ice. <laughs> well, <laughs> no one wants to out. live there. <laughs> Except penguins, I guess. Okay, so who owns? Are it, there penguins man? down there? Am yes, I right? Yeah, penguins okay. are down there. Um, now, who owns Antarctica? You know, I don't believe that it's owned. Well, somebody's got to be claiming that. Am I right? You might be. Well, Antarctica is actually controlled and monitored under the Antarctic Treaty System, ATS for short. Um, The treaty became effective in 1961, and basically what this treaty does is it kind of sets aside Antarctica as a scientific preserve. Uh, It regulates the general population and all visits to Antarctica. Now, oh, yeah, we're just going to hold off on this one section of Earth that's just yeah. ice. I mean, we'll, you guys I can gotta, just, we'll just fuck up everything else. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole spiel on this at the end. Until but, there is no more ice. But yeah, yeah. So um, the original signatories were the 12 countries active in Antarctica during 1957 and 58. Um, of those 12 countries that had significant interest in Antarctica at the time, uh, we got Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, and the Soviet Union, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Currently, ATS has 54 parties, and since September of 2004, the Antarctic Treaty Secretariat Headquarters has been located in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Isn't the tip of South America not too far from Antarctica? Isn't that like the next closest continent, if I'm right? Oh, yeah. That's why they got the headquarters there. And we'll get into uh, some theories on that as well. Um, But, yes, that is the closest. Like, that's where most people, I assume, get to Antarctica from. Um, Now, early expeditions. So this place wasn't even seen until 1820 
by a Russian expedition that spotted what is now known as the Fimbul Ice Shelf. Uh, now, allegedly, 1821 was the earliest anyone set foot on the bitch, although some historians do argue this. Yeah, it's just like discovering America. You mm-hmm. know? This is highly controversial. It's like debated because this was not recorded. Um, so, you know, the first recorded and confirmed landing was at Cape Adair on the south side of the continent in 1895 by the Norwegian-Swedish whaling ship Antarctic. The Norwegians killing the game and exploring. Oh, yeah. These were some Leif fucking... Erikson. Oh. For all we know, he probably could have fucking been down there years ago. Yeah, also great Interpol song. Now, already right off the bat, we got some questions. We're getting into some questions. We're getting into some mysteries. So there's already, like, controversy on who set foot, right? Apparently so. Now, there's also the Orontius Phineas map, 1531. You heard of this? So I have f- not. In 1531, this dude draws a map which depicts Antarctica without ice. Uh, now, there are a few flaws, like it's too close to the tip of South America. It's incorrectly oriented, yet the proportions seem fairly similar. And the coastal mountains found in 1957 by a geophysical study are in roughly the right places. Um, and so are many bays and rivers from these mountains. Now, the mystery is, at the time when, I guess... Humans were basically like living in primitive manner. Somebody put on paper the whole geography of the earth. Now, there is also the Piraeus map. This was in 1513. So, even earlier, this depicts a somewhat accurate picture of Antarctica as well. And yet again, the mystery is not only the map was drawn 300 years before Antarctica was allegedly discovered. But this map shows the actual coastline under the ice. Now, they've done studies and have proven that the last period of ice-free condition in the Antarctic ended about 6,000 years ago. Hmm. So, what's up with that? The U.S. Air Force, they did like a full examination of the map and they said... We have no idea how the data on this map can be reconciled with the supported state of geographical knowledge in 1513. So they're just saying, who the fuck knows? Uh, Now, the questions lie. Like, where did these map guys... Are those uh, cartographers? Uh, Yes. Okay, so where did these map guys get all this detailed and accurate information? And why or how did they show Antarctica without ice? Now, a lot of people suggest that these maps were copies of earlier versions once in the Library of Alexandria. Now, where is the Library of Alexandria? Or where was the Library of Alexandria? Egypt. Egypt. Egyptians, man. Another dot connection, possible... um, Extraterrestrial connection there? Or advanced civilization, some sort of lost technology, advanced knowledge. Um Now, it is most widely believed that the Library of Alexandria was destroyed in a fire that was started by Caesar, um, like by accident, I guess. He meant to burn a fleet or something, but that's a whole other episode for another day. Just know that that's where they suppose, that's where, like... That's where these maps originated, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's like how... that's what they think. That's like a a strong theory. So, here we go. Basically, there's only two options, Okay. I've whittled it down. It can only be two things. 
Um, it either, down. yeah, and there's only these two options. There's no other explanation that I could possibly be. Either our own, uh, our known history of human beings on this planet is completely wrong, and there were possibly highly developed civilizations on Earth that are being ignored because it doesn't fit into the established norm set up by the constructed system <laughs> of education, or possibly. The maps that predated these were used as a reference um, to draw these were done by aliens or, or someone drawing the planet from the air. Had to, had to have been had the to second have been. one. Uh, it, it's got to be one of the two. Um, you know, even like it could be possibly like, you know how some people say like humans were engineered. Um, there's like a there's like a leap in our evolution, the missing link. Like what's up with all that? It's got to be someone coming down from the sky they're giving us maps they're drawing maps they're mapping out the place and then they've just fucking create us as a fucking joke i don't know if you could say a joke and why not why just would because it be a joke? <laughs> just because they could you know these fucking aliens just dropping adam and eve off saying good luck Let's see what fucking happens with these guys here's a map <laughs> check out the map bitch <laughs> Oh, uh, here's so, a map of what this shitty planet looks like. Here you go, have fun. Okay, so right off the bat, I mean, there's already the fucking maps. There's the history of the uh, exploring. And I actually threw this in there just because I thought this was interesting. We actually studied this in one of my philosophy classes. Um, this was the Terra Nova expedition. Uh, this took place in 1910 and 1913. It was led by Robert Falcon Scott. It's actually also my middle name, in case anyone was wondering. Falcon? <laughs> oh, dude, this, is, this guy's you. Robert Falcon Scott. Kidding. You're Falcon from Fuck the, uh, the Avengers. Hawkeye, dude. Oh, I'm Hawkeye, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wanted to be the first one to reach the South Pole, and there were some other objectives he had. Um, but he and his four comrades did reach the pole on the 17th of January in 1912, where... Yet again, the Norwegian team had beat them by 34 days. They're <laughs> just hanging out, waiting for him. Well, no, they left a note. Left a flag. They, like, found a note. Fuck imagine you, the dude. defeat. Yeah, imagine <laughs> the defeat of that. They left a just flag a and a note that says, oh, yeah, we got here 34 days ago. Uh, see ya. <laughs> and, then, and then these guys all died. Scott's entire party died on the return journey from the pole. Uh, some of their bodies, journals, and photographs were found by a search party eight months later. Everyone? Yes, every all four of them died. Now, well, I thought you said him and four people. Uh, I believe it was it was all four of them. Maybe it was him. So and he four died people. also. Oh yeah, five people. He died. Everybody died. Um, but the main part we studied was this guy Lawrence Oates. Um, this guy was affected with gangrene and frostbite, and he had slowed the team's progress to three miles a day, wherein they should have been covering nine. Fuck. Um, now, despite his wishes, like he told him, "Hey, leave me. I, I can't go on. Like, just leave me. Let me die." They would not leave him. Uh, so one night, he walked from his tent into a minus forty degree blizzard. And all he said before leaving was, I am just going outside and may be some time. Uh, now, his death was seen as an act of self-sacrifice uh, because he was aware that, hey, he's compromising the chances of their survival. So he chose ultimate death. And that's like, we study that in philosophy against like, you know, is it ever justified to like commit suicide? 
Some people may think so. Well, yeah. I mean, whole philosophical thing. We're not going to get into that here. Well, Just what, thought, what would Hawkeye do? <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what, well, what did Hawkeye do? He, he fucking just let him die. Um, now, come on. Let's not knock Hawkeye for that. He'd shoot him with a fucking arrow right through the heart. Now, uh, <laughs> as his song plays in the background. I mean, I just threw that in because I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, some some great stories coming out of Antarctica. I mean, not great, but, you know, interesting. Now, <laughs> now, uh, now this is, all right, here's one of our first, like, theories as to what's going on down there. Now, this is where it gets, like, you got to be kind of open-minded. So, um, the Nazis, this, is, this comes up again and again, Nazis, UFOs, um, but this place is also New Swabia. Um, there's many theories when it comes to the Nazis and UFO technology, and a lot involve the Nazis conducting experiments at secret underground bases. Uh, one of the major ones being in Antarctica. Some say it still exists to this day. And I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, this one might seem a bit far out at first glance, but... Here we go. We do know a few things. So we do know Hitler and his inner circle, most notably Heinrich Himmler. Uh, they were that just very, sounds like a fucking German guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were very into the occult, uh, occult beliefs, you know, Indiana Jones, that type of shit. Uh, you know, Ark Huge of the Covenant. Huge fans of Indiana Jones. No, I mean, the movie is not that far <laughs> yeah, off. Spielberg, you know, he did his research. Steven Spiel. Well, Schmuel. Yeah, now... Basically, if you don't know about like their occult beliefs, the cliff notes are this. So it all starts with uh, v- this book. It was called Vril, The Coming Race. This was a novel by Edward Butler Lighton, uh, published anonymously in 1871. Um, this basically spawned the Vril Society. You also had Helena Blavatsky. She was a Russian occultist who published like occult and esoteric documents, which essentially like reimagined history and evolution. This was in 1888. Um, and it was like a lot of shit about like Atlantis and Lemuria and these lost continents, lost human races and shit. Now this spawned the Theosophical Society. And then you got Guido von Liszt. He was an Austrian occultist. Um, he took Blavatsky's work and adapted it to fit with the German peoples in 1890, along with Lanz von Lieberfels. Uh, this guy was an ex-monk and racial theorist. Um, so these be- people are just basically making up bullshit, thinking of how they want the world to be, but it's not that way. But they were like writing these books about what it could be like. Well, so it's like not not necessarily like what it could be like. Like it it kind of starts with like um, Vril and then Helena Blavatsky and like those beliefs, but you know those weren't necessarily like racist, but they were still like kind of racist. This guy's a <laughs> racial theorist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So then you get to like so all Guido. these people basically believe those Nazi beliefs. Well, right? no, these guys are the two that kind of arguably spawned those because you i mean this was in the 1890s so we're saying that they took helena blavatsky's work and adapted it to fit with germany so you had guido von list and laws von lieber lands von lieberfelds Um, so hitler's over here just basically jerking off to all this yeah yeah exactly because these guys adapted blavatsky's work to fit in with german ideology so um these guys pioneered what was known as ariosophy I guess that's where you get like Aryan race. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from their works, a clear line can be drawn from the List Society in 1908 
uh, the Thule Society in 1918, and then the early Nazi party. Um, So Nazi leaders firmly held the belief that the Aryan race were descendants of extraterrestrial beings who established Atlantis, or were said to come from Hyperborea, a legendary continent that existed beyond the Poles. Now, in studying translations of old Tibetan, Indian, and Greek texts, they came to supposedly also believe that our Earth is hollow. Hollow Earth theory. Yep, and inhabited within. Um, By Sasquatches. Ultima Thule uh, is supposed to have been the name of the capital city of Hyperborea, um, older than Atlantis and Lemuria. And according to the Thule texts, um, the Hyperboreans were highly technologically and socially advanced. Um, The continent was located in the Norwegian Sea and sunk over the progression of the Ice Age at which time these beings dug large tunnels through the Earth's crust using giant machines. They then settled under the Himalayas. Seems legit. Uh, and then they, like, spread all over. Uh, you know, they, they basically spread below the Earth's entire surface with giant centers under the Sahara, um, Brazil, the Yucatan, uh, Mount Shasta in North Car- California, and many other locations, uh, members of the Thule Society hope to make contact with these fabled inner earth civilizations, uh, sending out various expeditions to Tibet, the Andes, and Brazil. Also, they sent expeditions out to the North and South Poles where they suspected openings in the earth's interior to be located. Um, now, these beliefs, they were just influenced by, like, old text and clandestine, like, secret knowledge and secret societies, like, passed down. And it's probably like a fucking telephone game. And, I mean, let me just say, if we're going off the track record, the Nazis' ideas... Weren't that great. Not that great. <laughs> like, these, these guys <laughs> didn't have the best ideas. Not the strongest science backing up what they were pushing. Uh-huh. Other people may disagree. Well, that is true. A lot of German scientists ended up in other countries after the war. Hey, actually, that is true. You just poked a major hole in that. <laughs> let me just go with this. Okay, let me like restate that. So maybe the scientists are smart, but the people coming up with these ideas are stupid. Okay, yeah, here we go. The, the actual hard science, we'll call it, like rockets. Phenomenal. And, and uh, <laughs> Werner von Braun, you know, V2 rockets. Hard science coming out of Nazi Germany? Unfortunately, pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to say great. And I hope somebody doesn't cut this up and take it out of context. But the ten years, the from now. policymakers, the guys making the uh, social policy, uh, e- economists, yeah, not the best. Is that, is that the word for it? Right, I guess people get what you're saying, though. Okay. Uh, now there's also Maria Orsic. Uh, she was Hitler's medium and apparently received communications from extraterrestrials, and allegedly received instructions on engineering technology. And this is also supposedly where they got the idea that there was hidden technologies and even civilizations beneath the ice in Antarctica. Now, I mentioned New Swabia. Um, Again, I mean, this is like historical fact. uh, As it became known, like the, the occult stuff, a lot of that is kind of put together and pieced together. And it's more or less what happened. But like because they destroyed so many records when they got overrun... 
and like so much was lost in the war and you know they kept all this shit pretty under wraps like especially the inner circle type stuff like we're never going to truly know but um this new swabia shit i mean this you can fucking go look up like new swabia germany in early 1939 um they named they explored antarctica and they named it after the ship uh schwabenland um and Germany claimed this territory after sending an expedition there in 1938. And They're just they, like, oh, we're here now, so this is ours. Well, I mean, you know, they just claimed a, a portion of it. And they, they actually planned future expeditions. And some people say that U-boats even would go back and forth from there, like, during the war. Uh, now, some claim that Nazis explored underground caverns How only did, accessible by U-boats. How does that make sense? Though? Why would they be going all the way to fucking Antarctica during a war that was happening in Europe? Well, I'm going to lay it out there for you. It's real simple. We'll see. Some say they were exploring these underground caverns. Um, they're like, yeah, fuck this war. Let's go fucking check this shit out. Well, they're doing everything. I mean, you got to think it was huge. They were basically fighting like two different wars while also looking up all this fucking occult shit. Um, a lot going on. On the German side, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a ton going on, and uh, they dis- uh, some say they discovered a series of underground ancient ruins, possibly Hyperborea or Atlantis. Maybe, maybe um, it's a good thing that they were in- interested in all this bullshit because then if they focused more on the actual war that was going on, yeah, that is actually true and kind of scary. Although, I mean, we'll find out. Well, we won't find out. This isn't a fucking history <laughs> podcast. I mean, we don't have time to get into the whole World War II of, like, why Germany yeah. lost. But a lot of it is, like, fighting the Russian front. Yeah. Like, if Hitler hadn't have gone into Russia. And just probably, focused on yeah, Western Europe. Yeah, because when you think about, like, World War II, like, if he had just fought Britain. Like, think about it. When he invaded Russia, he was already fighting Britain and, like, the, the European countries. Yeah. But when he invaded Russia, he invaded the entire western front that's the entire east and west coast yeah that's fucking insane that's how much of his army he sent of the wehrmacht went to russia as opposed to fighting on the fucking eastern front the eastern front is like dwarfed in comparison to the yeah. western front it's fucking insane You're crazy for that one yeah but i mean anyways so so yeah they're they're fucking going down they're exploring antarctica there's this book, The Morning of the Magicians, um, written in 1960. Um, this connects the Vril Society with UFOs. It claims that um, they may have had contact with an alien race, um, dedicated themselves to creating spacecraft to reach these aliens in partnership with the Thule Society and the Nazi Party. The Vril Society developed a series of flying disc prototypes. This is like where a lot of the Nazi UFO theories come from. And with the Nazi downfall, the society allegedly retreated to a base in Antarctica and vanished into the hollow earth to meet up with the leaders of this advanced race inhabiting the hollow earth. There's also this guy, Miguel Serrano. Uh, He was a Chilean diplomat and Nazi sympathizer. Um, He published The Golden Thread, in which he claimed that Adolf Hitler was an avatar of Vishnu, uh, the Hindu god whose role is to protect humans and restore order to the world. Jesus Christ. And was at the time communicating with these hyperborean gods in an underground Antarctic base in New Swabia and would lead a fleet of UFOs from the base to establish the Fourth Reich. Now, I mean, these books, 
<laughs> like these theories are kind of out there. Kind of? Okay, these theories are very out there. But we do know this. South America, known place that fleeing Nazis were found after World War II. I mean, there's still like whole communities down there that speak German and shit. It's actually very crazy. Relatively close, as you were saying at the top of the episode, to where? Antarctica. Antarctica. Um, so some old Argentina, there's a bunch of Germans. Yeah, dude. There's like whole towns of people that just speak German. Dude, that was like where, so weird. dude, it's fucking insane. And so many of them just got away because fuck it, bring them on over. I asked a lot of guys were racist down there too. Did not know that. Or maybe they were in contact with these fucking UFOs. They're like, Hey guys, I know we did some fucked up shit, but we're talking to the Hyperboreans. Um, now some UFOs. Some even claim Hitler himself fled to a base in South America, right? Uh, or possibly Antarctica. Now, okay, like as we said, those are pretty far out there. You don't believe those theories? Okay. Well, <laughs> I got some more for you. I mean, this is just the first one. Just We're the just tip getting of the started. Iceberg, yeah, this is say. the tip of the uh, iceberg. Um, aside from the map tip shit, Antarctica. Aside from the map shit, the Nazi shit is just the fucking beginning. There's also Operation High Jump, um, officially titled the United States Navy Antarctic Developments Program. Now, after World War II, Rear Admiral, that's two stars, Richard E. Byrd led military troops from the U.S., Britain, and Australia into, into what was basically an invasion of Antarctica. This became known as Operation High Jump, and it commenced on August 26, 1946, and ended in late February of 47. Now, the operation included 4,700 men, 13 ships, and 33 aircraft. Jesus Christ. Operation High Jump's official mission was to establish the Antarctic Research Base. Um, There were several casualties as a result of this operation. Uh, aircraft reconnaissance began near Antarctica at the end of January 1947, mostly in the northern area around Queed Monland, previously New Swabia. Uh, and the research voyage scheduled for five months was abruptly and without public acknowledgement canceled after only two months. Um, and it was canceled like super abruptly and it was kind of like covered up. Like they didn't really talk about it in the press, but when they were sending troops down there, they had this covered widely in the press. So that's a little interesting there. Uh, now, years later, stories come out about UFO sightings during the operation. Yeah, but I feel like this is still a little early for media coverage on that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, why would they cover going down there so heavily? It's nothing else really going on at the time. And then not cover when it just all of a sudden is cut short. Goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably why they didn't. Well, they didn't want it to be covered because they're like, "Well, we fucked up." Oh yeah, you know the government never likes to have egg on their face. Now again, like I'm saying, years later, stories come out. Um, soldiers down there claim to see UFOs, um, extraterrestrial craft coming out of the water. Some even go as far as to say there was full on assault between the Navy and these UFOs. Did hear about that. Now, again, most of this is, like, unverified, classic, like, he said, she said. Like, it's just all word of mouth, you know? Was there any evidence on the ships that were attacked? I don't believe so. I mean, the, the plane that went down and the casualties, I believe, was due to a blizzard. But, again, this is coming from the military, so that could be, like, I just heard that what a, they want you to think. <laughs> that's what they want you to think. 
I heard a ship was cut in half by a laser beam. Yeah, that was on the Ancient Aliens. Yeah, but I'm saying, how do you... You don't just jump from <laughs> Operation Cut Short, plane crash in a blizzard to <laughs> that guy. Dude, that guy goes on a fucking tangent yeah. of like, lasers, ships, like, dude, where's he getting this information from? Is there from? any proof of that? No, there's no proof of that. I even saw in some, like some were saying this USS like Pine Island or something it was called. Yeah. <laughs> USS Pin Island. Um, the USS Pine Island, like people say that it went missing, but I, you can look at the ship's records. Like it didn't go missing after the thing. It. That's what they want you to. Again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they're not yeah. gonna say, "Oh yeah, whole fucking ship went down." We're fucking I mean, idiots. Yes, but uh, they got pictures of the ship after. After it came back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Maybe but, they just had a backup one. I mean, who knows? Like, this is, again, like we was saying, there's no, like, straight-up hard evidence, no circumstantial, or no substantiated evidence. There is, oh, okay, a lot of people also say, like, Admiral Byrd warned about, like, attacks from the poles and, like, ships and stuff. But, I, again, I think this was taken out of context. Like, if you read the whole interview, what he said in, like, a Chilean newspaper, I think, was that... He's just saying that, like, the Earth is getting smaller. Like, people are exploring more and more. Like, eventually they're going to have, like, say Russia has a base set up on Antarctica. They can easily just, boom, pop right up in the U.S., in Chile. You know, it's just, he was saying the Earth, as it becomes more explored, uh, more territory is claimed, it's going to get smaller and smaller. It's going to be, you're going to have to do a lot more defense on the U.S.'s side. Because before, I mean, in World War II, the U.S. was very fucking isolated. And in part, that's why, like, we were able to do so well in the war. Hmm. Now, we get to another theory. So, this is the flat earthers. And I threw this one Jesus in here. Are you a big flat earth guy? No. Okay. I, I love these guys. I think they're fucking... <laughs> a lot of basketball players, flat earthers. I thought it was just the one. Um, Shaq. Shaq's a flat earther? He said some shit about it. Now, okay, I just think it's hilarious that these guys are just full-on doubling down. Like, their whole thing is, like, I'm not believing anything. Everything's fake. Um, but it, uh, basically, from what I could find, their whole claim is that Antarctica and the South Pole just doesn't even exist. Um, the the leading flat now, is Earth... is that current, or is, has that always been the claim? Well, yeah, I think so. This is what I could find. Like, again, this is, like, Roswell. Like, it's been out for so long and it's been like revamped so many times that there's like a schism in belief mm. um, but the leading flat earth theory holds that earth is a disc uh, with an arctic circle and the north pole at the center and then antarctica is a 150 foot tall wall of ice around the rim that makes sense <laughs> they also claim that nasa employees guard the ice wall to prevent people from climbing over like they won't let anybody uh you can't see the ice wall and according to flat earthers the wall stops everything from falling over the edge of earth so what's on the other side Nobody knows. Nobody can get there. The government no won't let you get over there. the wall. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, these guys just watching too much Game of Thrones. They're like uh, smoking weed, watching it. They're like, that's probably what the edge of the earth looks like, man. Uh, I mean, honestly, they, they say that we cannot confirm the existence of the wall because world governments and the UN have a strict no fly, no sail zones around Antarctica. Um, they say that this British Captain Cook. Is that true, though? 
What? Like, if we got a, a ship, we couldn't sail down to Antarctica if we wanted to? Well, yeah, we can. Oh, okay. It, well, it, de- it depends on your government, though. Let's do that. Um, hey, they, they're trying to get, like, Eddie Bravo. Uh, they're trying to do, like, a documentary, and, like, Rogan wants to send him down to, like, f- go on Antarctica. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, now... So, yeah, they say that this guy, Captain Cook, I guess, saw a huge wall during... Sounds um, like a fucking pirate. Yeah, I mean, basically, this guy was an old fucking swashbuckler. Swashbuckler. Um, and during his voyages he made to Antarctica, he's like one of the few humans, humans to have <laughs> ever seen the wall apart from government agents. And the wall covered the entire coastline, and he couldn't land anywhere because it was too tall and too sheer of a cliff to climb. So, here's a theory for you. You pushed out. Hey, do you know anybody who's been to Antarctica? I do not. Well, if you do, let us know. Or if you've been there and you're a listener, let us fucking know. So we, um, you know, kind of, we can poke some holes in this flat earth theory. Um, I'm sure David Beach, shout out to, to our boy Beach. He'll probably go down there sometime. Oh, world traveler. Okay. He's already been to like 40 something different countries. All right, now now next up we got the pyramids. Um, oh yes, we do. So in or 2016, we well in 2016 the internet um, classic fashion it goes crazy after three pyramids were discovered in Antarctica. Um, theories quickly start popping up on the remnants of an ancient civilization. Um, pyramids measured over 4,000 feet tall, making them about 10 times the height of the uh, Giza pyramid. Now, these have typically, like as you were saying, they've been debunked as mountains. Is that right? Well, on the research that I did, as we talked about the 150-foot wall, I saw a theory that some parts of Antarctica, the ice is so thick, it's eight times the size of Sears Tower. Oh, yeah, that's what uh, Sukalos was saying, So, right? yeah, shout out to Sukalos for that one. But I'm just saying, imagine if, if that is the case, which, I mean, how can anyone know how thick that is if no one's really ever explored it? Well, yeah, they're me- they measure it with, like, uh, sound and, like, it's actually very scientific. I won't get into it, but, okay. like, you know. Well. Heat sensors. Let's uh, say that that missiles. is the case and these tips of the pyramids are sticking out. There's no way that the proximity that they are to each other, there's no way that they're pyramids because they're so close to each other. Like the ones in Egypt, if they were that fucking tall, they'd be like on top of each other, number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless the readings are wrong or... But I mean, I feel like until someone goes down there and digs all that shit up, then we're never going to know the, the it truth. Out, yeah. um, or when it melts from climate change. Which could be in the next hundred years. Um, but... They are saying if it is about approximate the same size as the pyramids in Mexico or the pyramids in Egypt, that could definitely be a possibility. But with the depth of the ice being eight times the size of Sears Tower, it seems more likely that they're just, they look so like crisp and sharp edges just because of the way the snow has been on them. It's for so like many a process years. of yeah. the weathering. Yeah. I forget the name, but it's there the is like wind. a scientific yeah. term for Just it. Just the erosion that's happened to the sides. Okay. I mean, there's a couple mountains out there that are similar, but not like perfect like that. But 
I mean, no one knows for sure. I don't think anyone's been to those actual, like, mountaintops or pyramid tips, whichever one you want to believe it is. Okay. I actually saw something that Buzz Aldrin went down there First recently. First guy to step on him? <laughs> well, no, he had to be medevaced out of Antarctica, and he put a, sent a tweet out of a picture of the cap of the pyramid that said, evil, pure evil, and then it was deleted. But people say he was hacked, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, I know, this is what I looked up, man. This is what I saw. Well, I, I mean, I honestly thought it was really cool until I started looking into it. But, I mean, hey, you yeah. know, they could always just put in, be putting out disinformation. Hey, that's what they want to you to think, right? Uh, yeah, Graham Hancock, though. Also, this guy, um, he's like... Um, I thought it was Herbie Hancock. No, Graham Hancock. He's a big proponent of, like the whole we don't really know our our history and there was all this lost technology and like some artifacts are way older than we we estimate um but he wrote a book fingerprints of the gods and he said that the people of atlantis had migrated from antarctica and found the aztec mayan and egyptian empires so maybe that if that is a pyramid and we know it's the biggest one that's like a blueprint for all these others because Aztec, Maya, Egypt, all pyramids, all consistent. And Antarctica. They came from Antarctica? They might. There we go. I mean, there is the, uh, shout out to Sucolos again on this. There is that um, theory that if you look at some of the inscriptions from ancient Egypt, that the gods told the Egyptians that everything came from the egg island which some people relate that mm. to being Antarctica because it's a big old white island. Mm. Okay, interesting. So Egg. It just, depend, it just depends on, you know, how open-minded you are, like you said. Yeah. Okay, okay. Another one for the open-minded folks out there. Um, now this, here we go. Does something possibly lie beneath the ice? Uh, like maybe some type of Godzilla-like creature, I'm thinking... Oh, Nessie? Uh, well, maybe even bigger. Uh, so, you know, I, like H.P. Lovecraft, uh, horror writer, you know, he's obsessed on some level with like um, Antarctica. Love, loves horror flicks. Yeah, he, but he was obsessed with Antarctica. And he even wrote about a sunken city of Rylech in the southern Pacific Ocean, which was said to imprison the dark deity Cthulhu. Now... Again, like, this is obviously, like, purely fiction, you know? That we know of. <laughs> exactly. But in 1997, uh, there was a famous sound known simply as the bloop, which was recorded around the coordinates 50 degrees south, 100 degrees west. Uh, this is about 1,400 miles off the coast of Antarctica. Now, the sound resembled that of a living creature, um, but the source was a mystery because, like, judging by how it, it was measured and how they recorded it, it would have to be way more powerful than any calls made by any animal on Earth. Again, that we know of. So um, Godzilla's out there, guys. He's living in Antarctica in a tunnel, hanging out with some Germans. Well, some Noah. That's what we've covered so far. Some Noah scientists argue that it's possibly from an iceberg cracking and breaking. Fourteen hundred miles off the coast. Yeah, breaking away from the Arctic glacier. Uh, now, here, I'll, I'll play. Uh, uh, we have a clip of the sound. Just give this a listen. Here we go. This is the bloop.
Very interesting. Yeah, so who knows what the fuck could be down there? And speaking of that, you heard of this Lake Vostok? Vostok? I have not. Okay, Lake Vostok. Uh, this is the biggest lake in Antarctica. It's the sixth biggest in the world, I believe. Uh, and it is covered by 13,000 feet of the East Arctic ice sheet. Uh, now, pressure from the ice sheet keeps the lake from freezing. And the lake's surface has been undisturbed by sunlight for over 15 million years. That is, before it was reached by a Russian drilling team during the Arctic summer of 2012. Oh, great. Great job, Ashley. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Hey, this, this story is actually crazy because, like, think about it. You're drilling into something that's been sealed off for 15 million years. Um, not only do you risk contaminating the lake... Um, which is what we'll find out that they did, but vice versa. Who knows what the fuck could be trapped under there? Like some fucking um, bacteria, some plague, some like yeah, some airborne some illness, like some dinosaur. insane <laughs> thing that like we don't even know about, like some alien shit, like the thing, you know, uh, or even some like fucked up, yeah, like airborne pathogens, bacteria. Like I think uh, didn't they come out with an article talking about like because the the Arctic shelf and, and shit like that is melting and like climate change. It's like letting loose all this bacteria that like we have no way to like combat because we like don't know what it is. You heard that before? No. I thought you were the one that told me about that. Okay. But, but listen to this story. So these guys are drilling down. It took them 30 years. Uh, now when the drill bit reached the water, it took them 30 years, yeah, 30 years of 13,000 feet of ice, dude. It's been 80 years. So when the drill bit <laughs> reached the water in February of 2012, the pressure Who was, was sitting around for 30 fucking well, years. Well, I assume they had a team that like All kept right, going. I've been here for 10. It's your turn. Buddy. And it's also like funding, like lack of funding is why it took so long yeah, because we only got halfway. We got to stop. Well, think, yeah, th- th- seriously, like they were like, okay, we're not funding this, obviously. Uh, this is ongoing since the Cold War and shit like that. And they're like, uh, okay, we don't have the money to fucking keep like 10 people alive in Antarctica for. It takes that long just to drill a hole, though? I told you, setbacks, dude, funding, you know? People don't give a fuck about like exploring and shit anymore. All they care about is like cell phones and iPhones and what's the next fucking invention, technology, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah, but let's not explore something that no one's really explored. Well, so they they, they reached the water. Uh, the pressure was so immense that it shot up a couple hundred feet, uh, mixing up with the freon and kerosene used to keep the borehole from freezing. Now, worse than that, the pressure produced a hydraulic fracture about 10,000 feet from the well entrance. Um, these The antifreeze agent seeped into the ice um, while the rest of the borehole below them quickly froze. Oh, there's one thing that we haven't fucked up yet, so we'll go ahead and just fuck it up. And then I think it took them like another three years after that because it, it froze up so high. They had to spend another three years drilling down to get to it. Now, they took samples from the water. It showed thousands of life forms. Uh, but nobody could guarantee that it was free of this contamination. And there's a lot of people like arguing, like, what's the best way to drill? What's the best way to like not contaminate this fucking pristine lake? Um, uh, here's an idea: don't just leave <laughs> well, it alone. Hey, did they, they got to find out about like life and stuff? But um, there's nothing. Fifteen million years, nothing's touched it. There's nothing gonna be living down there, dude. There's a. They found a shitload of stuff in the water. 
bacteria, like shit that's been down there since the it froze over. That's fucking insane, dude. It's like a um, living in the dark time for capsule. Fifteen million years. Time capsule, dude. Now uh, scientists have found that the vicinity of the lake, there's a a bunch of like magnetic anomalies. Um, in two thousand one, an oval structure was discovered, which resembles an entrance that was dug into the mountain by the lake. Um, some claim that there's a secret base there. A lot of fucking weird shit going on in this lake. Uh, a lot of crazy shit. And we'll see, like, I guess more and more shit will come out of the lake because um, it wasn't that long ago that they fucking started to take these samples and shit. Now, there's also, okay, this is where we get to the good stuff, some UFO sightings. Uh, one of the best documented naval UFO sightings occurred at Deception Island, which belonged to the South Sheetland Islands, west of the Ar- Antarctic Peninsula in the Argentinian sector. Now, this is off the northwest coast of Antarctica. A detailed report of these sightings was prepared by Captain Daniel Perese. Uh, he was a lieutenant at the time who was the commanding officer of the Argentinian naval garrison in 1965 on Deception Island. A total of seven UFO sightings occurred there between June 7th and July 3rd, 1965. And an eighth incident followed in August on the Argentinian post at the South Orkney Islands. Um, So on July 7th, the Argentinian Navy Bulletin 172 stated that Lieutenant Parisi confirmed that all of the garrison personnel observed an extremely brilliant object moving towards the north with variable speed, sometimes hovering, displaying sudden accelerations and changes of direction. The characteristics of the object and its motion could have possibly been a weather balloon. We've heard that before. That's what they want you to think. But being a plane or a star were completely ruled out. The object was observed by a total of 17 persons, including three visiting non-commissioned officers from the Chilean base. Uh, According to another message sent by Commander Mario Juan Barrera from the Antarctic Chilean base Arturo Pratt, a luminous object was sighted for about 20 minutes by nine members of the garrison who were performing routine observations. It changed colors, speeds, and direction moving with an oscillatory motion at high speed. Probably just a drone. <laughs> 67. Now, on July 3rd, seen by nine witnesses at the Chilean base beginning at 7.20 p.m., the object moved to the Argentinian base by 7.42, where it was seen by 17 witnesses for 62 minutes until 8.44 p.m. Now, Perese wrote that the shape of the object was similar to a rugby ball with a red center and ill-defined edges of changing colors, yellow, green, orange, blue, and white. The actual size of the UFO was somewhere between 75 and 90 meters. Damn. It's a big-ass rugby ball. Yeah, uh, and changing all those colors like that? Weather balloon don't do that shit, right? Might. Now, also included from uh, Navy Bulletin 172 was uh, from the Navy post at the South Orkney Islands uh, comes a message of extreme importance during the passage of strange object over the base, two magnetometers in perfect working condition registered sudden and strong disturbances of the magnetic field. 
Now, I mean, that's just a few. That's just, that's already fucking, we got seven sightings coming from the fucking Argentinian Navy. I mean, seeing as so many different people are claiming witness to it. And coming from the Navy, right? That's got to be Oh, yeah, and you know, the U.S. Navy already been down there in like, what, a couple decades prior saying they saw UFOs? Or is that disinfo? It's all just all disembodied. <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, all the UFOs are down in Antarctica, guys. So I'm thinking flat Earth is the most plausible theory so far. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. Okay, okay. All right, so we got some more signs from the '90s. This time from the U.S. Um, so this comes from investigative journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Uh, she was also in the Ancient Aliens episode. She was contacted by this guy who only wanted to be called Brian. Age 59 who alleges to be a former retired U.S. Navy petty officer, uh, first-class flight engineer in a squadron called Antarctic Development Squadron 6. Um, He claimed to have been part of a crew that flew through a no-fly zone above Antarctica and saw UFOs and what seemed to be a giant entrance hole, possibly to an alien base. Um, now, he said they've been stationed there between 83 and 97 and on several occasions saw aerial silver discs flying over the Transantarctic Mountains. Okay, he also said there's a top-secret collaboration between humans and aliens going on in Antarctica. And he also said a group of scientists had gone missing for a week and come back terrified, refusing to speak to anyone. Now, like, in, uh, in the article I pulled this from, they were saying, like, what makes this one credible is that I guess like Linda Moulton Howe is like a credible uh, researcher, Emmy award-winning TV producer, investigative reporter, radio, internet author. Uh, but again, you know, this is again hearsay. It's fucking like it's not substantiated. Like I mean, and, if anything, I feel like that would make me feel like it's less credible just yeah like oh yeah she's she's into hollywood this is like the spectrum russian yeah it's like the spectrum russian theory from um roswell it's like this lady's just doing this to write a book it uh, like oh i got one unnamed source yeah brian um so you know again take that with a grain of salt other theories you know we got atlantis uh several authors have said that antarctica is the site of atlantis um, David, this guy, David Wilcox, uh, he, I was listening to a coast to coast with him on it. Um, now his theory is that the earth had gone through a pole shift that caused, um, the once tr- subtropic world of Atlantis to basically flash freeze. And he says that this pole shift was a direct result of the great flood in ancient mythology and the quick freeze of Atlantis is what is now present day Antarctica. Pretty interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So of all the theories presented, I mean, which one are you, like, which one's giving you most credence? Do you think any of this is weird or it's all kind of just like, oh, just because we don't know, like, there's room for a lot of rumors to be spread? I mean, if we want to go with the disinfo theory that you just said, I think possibly all these UFO sightings and stuff could just be bullshit just to keep people away. Like, oh, I want to go down there. There's a lot of fucking UFO sightings. Even though... But wouldn't that backfire? Yeah, but it's not like, like you're just, like, hopping a fucking flight to Antarctica. They don't have a fucking <laughs> airport down there, do they? True. 
No, you got to sail there. Yeah, so it's not like you can just go visit, but at the same time, it's like a good deterrent for countries that are still developing and researching there so they can be basically like not interfered with, you know what I mean? Okay, so but you But see, think I just find it hard to believe that it took some people 30 fucking years to drill in a hole in it, and there's all these like secret bases, secret entrances, little tunnels, like... If there's a tunnel, just fucking go through that shit. Okay, so you think the weirdest thing in all of this is that it took the Russians <laughs> 30 years to drill through the ice? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, that is actually pretty... Uh, I mean, you got to fucking tip your hat to him for the dedication. I mean, I think that theory is probably also bullshit. They probably just said that. Why? They probably could have done that in like a week. A week?! 13,000 feet of ice in a week. What kind of fucking drill technology do you have? You need to go fucking help these Russians. I'll get you a fucking job down there. I'll do it in a week. <laughs> it took, it took Russia 30 years. You just fucking hop down there. Yeah, I'll do it in a week. Give me a fucking, Give me a fucking power drill. Yeah. So, um, all right, so here, here we go. So... After doing all the research for this one, which again I had I had uh, a lot of fun doing, um, my conclusion is this: like, what I found is like really Antarctica. It, there's no like when you think of like restrictions. Like everybody says, "Oh my God, it's so restricted! It's so restricted!" Like, it's not like Area 51 where it's like fenced off and you literally can't go there. Like, Antarctica isn't a restricted area. Like the process of going there depends on like what country you're visiting from, um, what territory you're visiting, like who has claim to that territory. It's like those laws. Um, you can go there and visit, but it's restricted. We'll say by the sheer remoteness of the continent. A hundred and fifty foot ice wall. Yeah, I mean, like the logistic. Well, that's flat Earth theory. That's not. I mean, I'm sure there's. there's I thought some when you walls. get there, it's just a straight up ice wall. No, you I mean, there's, like, like, there's like docks. Yeah, there's, like, islands and docks and, like, yeah, okay. you can come ashore. But the logistics of doing anything on Antarctica is extremely difficult. I mean, these, like, limitations, uh, this is due to the fact that, like, going any anywhere there for, like, a prolonged visit, if you're not, like, a research scientist, this is all imposed by, like, natural forces. You've got extreme distance, extreme weather, uh, no local food, no fuel supplies, a severe lack of infrastructure. I mean, this, like, this is my whole thing. Honestly, it makes sense that Antarctica is so restricted because it's essentially, like, the last place on Earth that is basically pristine untouched condition until russia fucked it up well i mean (laughs) but still like think about it it's the size of u.s and mexico like they only fucked up uh and they only contaminated a little bit of this lake um the ninth biggest lake in the world but so you know you like scientists are all about they can learn a lot yada yada yeah it's all good um but some people are out there like saying hey like you were saying right at the top of this episode what's the first thing you said why is everybody just like, oh, Antarctica? <laughs> okay, that's cool. But like the rainforest, ah, fuck it. Let's burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> like, yeah, let's cut it down. Yeah, nobody cares. Oh, 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 fuck the rainforest, right? Like we basically fucked up or are in the process of fucking up every location on Earth. Like why draw the line in Antarctica? A place where there, there's fucking nothing. Not accessible though, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, like basically the, the the whole conclusions, like in my opinion, are 
A, nobody li- lives there natively. That um, we know of. Well, no. Like, that's <laughs> like some aliens or something yeah, under dude. the ice. Godzilla. Trapped under ice. T.Y. Um, so, like, I think it's it's because Mr. there's Freeze no... might be down there hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because <laughs> there's no native population. It's, it's easier to tell people they can't move there than to basically say, hey, get the fuck out of here and kick them out, you know? Yeah. Um, and also when the treaty was signed, like, think of it, this is actually very rare in itself. Like when the treaty was signed, instead of fighting for all the territories, all the countries were just like, okay, if we agree to leave it alone, not take any resources, no military installations, boom, we're fucking good. Um, and this is rare because like, uh, the time Antarctica like was explored and and people could go there and like set up like structures on it. Humans were more or less like scientifically aware of like the implications and the importance of keeping places in pristine order, you know, like Galapagos islands. Like that's also very restricted in like what you can and can't do there. And like who can go there, what times of year, like they're trying to keep that very pristine as well. Um, So, you know, I think it's really due to that. Or the United Nations is actually hiding some type of advanced civilization technologies, Mm -hmm. a secret city, possibly a portal to another world, even an entrance to hollow earth, and we'll probably never fucking know about it. Or maybe they just don't want you hopping over that wall, slipping off the earth. So, I mean, there you have it. What are we thinking? Uh, I'm just going to go with the theory that it's basically unexplored for what we know, what research we could do, and that there probably isn't any pyramids. Those are probably just mountains. Okay. And it's actually kind of cool that people are trying to keep it as untouched as possible, but also kind of fucked up that Russia drilled into it with chemicals. But, I mean, like you said, it's very small... Mm-hmm. in comparison mm-hmm. to the size of the continent. So I think it'll be I Yeah, and that was cited as, like, one of the greatest, like, scientific um, exploration endeavors in a long time. But there you have it. I mean, um, Antarctica. Who the fuck knows what's going on after all this research? I don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, no one knows what the fuck's going on. And People who, down and there probably don't even know what the fuck's yeah. going on. And how, how are you, you going to believe? Like, have you ever been there? No. Do you know anybody that's been there? Hey, if, you, if you've been there, give us a fucking yeah. shout out. Let us know what's let going us know on because we don't. Yeah, let us know what it was like, uh, what you idea, experienced. Send us some pictures. Um, Send us some pictures. But I mean, think about it. It's so remote. They could tell you anything and you'd fucking believe it. Oh, guess that's happening in Antarctica. Like, nobody's going to go down there to verify this shit, you know? They might. And there you have it. I mean, um, yeah, like I said, if you got any uh, conspiracy theories or any topics uh, you want to hear us cover, um, send, shoot us a message, drop us a fucking line, uh, slide in the DMs, let us know. Um, for this one, I want to cite... Um, latestufosightings.net, nasa.gov, uh, matrixdisclosure.com, and the Ancient Aliens episode, Pyramids of Antarctica. All uh, very interesting topics. Um, I also found like a bunch of declassified files from the, uh, from the Department of Defense, um, which were related to the um, 
UFO sightings um, from the Chilean Navy and shit, or the Argentinian Navy. Um, also very interesting. Um, so, yeah, look into this stuff. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, do some research of your own on that. As always, as Ryan already mentioned, you know, feel free to hit us up, uh, slide in the DMs, podcast from outer space, or uh, hit us up on the email, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to check out that website, podcastfromouterspace.com, where we got t-shirts, stickers, show us a little support. And that's it for me. Thank, as always, thank you guys for listening. We uh, always love interacting with you and, you know, bringing to life maybe something that you're interested in. So keep these ideas coming for us, guys. Also, free shipping on the website um, on all <laughs> orders. So uh, go ahead and grab some merch. It really helps support the show. And uh, thank you guys for listening. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>